0: so welcome everyone and greetings lovely to see so many of you here and just checking um, that the sound is okay that you can hear me clearly and loudly enough yeah that's wonderful uh, so as um, people are still flowing in and joining in uh to the session of um, the online Dharma hall just taking time for those of us who are here to arrive and to settle and to welcome ourselves into the space welcome ourselves to be here and very Personally, very glad to be here again. Two weeks in a row is is uh, quite a a lovely thing for me. Uh, So very happy to be here. Very happy to welcome myself and to welcome all of uh, all of you into this into this space, into this shared space of uh, exploration. Uh, Lovely also to see the greetings in the chat to get a sense of uh, different different people in different places uh, coming together to be here I feel like I'm I'm going to need to apologize I'm I'm in Israel at the moment so I'm a couple of hours ahead and I've already I've just come out of a 3 hour board meeting so <laughs> It's quite a transition to make It it does happen quite regularly that that's what happens to me on a Sunday morning. But uh, I have a sense today it may affect my energy a little bit. So if that's if that's what you're experiencing, then you know you can think, "Oh, yeah, that's because she was in a board meeting for three hours." Yeah, not just any board meeting—a board meeting of the Insight Meditation Society here. So it's a good it's a good thing a good thing so sometimes just naming our experience can have a lot of value you know just now in this just naming my experience and then something shifts right and feel myself settling just from saying that seeing the smile seeing the responses and seeing the sense of ah just naming it just bring it into the field it changes something and this is something that we can do um with others but it's also something that we can do with ourselves to name our experience internally whether it's it's how we are right now what we're bringing to this moment to this gathering whether it's the the kind of naming of where we are as people are doing in the chat and what the weather's like It kind of gives a sense of, ah, that allows us to arrive. That allows us to to settle, to bring ourselves to um, to this moment of experience, to this gathering of fellow wanderers on the path, fellow explorers coming together. So... Yeah, for me always these moments of gathering at the beginning of a session, they can be there can be a sense of oh we're waiting for something to begin and, and we can actually completely reframe that and say, Ah, oh, an opportunity to arrive. Yeah. An opportunity to acknowledge yeah, what's present and to bring that into the space, to include that in the space. And so the invitation for, for each of us to do that, and I see some people are also articulating their experience in the chat, which, you know, is really welcome. Yeah. And so I want to, um, as a way of kind of moving, into our, moving further into our session together, to invite us um, to feel our experience. It can be our intention for this time. Uh, it can be whatever else we're bringing right now. whatever is present and then if you wish to uh, articulate that to yourself yeah either your intention or what's present right now what am I bringing and it may be that we also want to articulate it to each other so invitation uh, as often happens at the beginning of the sessions here to Articulate our intention or what we're bringing yeah. what's alive for us right now and so you can do that in the chat if you wish or you can unmute yourself and speak it into the space if you wish both equally um, welcome what's your intention what's alive for you right now what are you bringing Yeah. see some people naming some discomfort or, you know, having a challenging time and just feeling the, how good it is to be here. Yeah. And disappointment and not being with my children on Mother's Day. Yeah. Yeah. Something about a class being cancelled and not finding yourself upset by that, which is wonderful to notice. Yeah. You just feel that sense of, yeah. Intention to find a sense of ease and to enjoy sangha connection yeah beautiful awareness of a fear of being truly seen mm. yeah feeling disconnection this morning and hoping for presence and connection yeah I really feel that beauty as the intentions or the sense of where we're at is coming in yeah allowing huge gratitude to be felt yeah, beautiful yeah. gratitude yeah, for teachings yeah, for environments that support access to teachings to be able to accept things as they are yeah. gratitude for the Dharma Hall being here every Sunday In peace with internal experience yeah. and gladness to have this practice that makes sundays special oh, how beautiful yeah really beautiful yeah, as we yeah kind of read that peacefulness and hope Shifting connection to those close to my heart and feeling gratitude for this practice today. Yeah. Very beautiful. So we can just feel, yeah, that what happens to us as we read or hear the experience or the intentions of others. To make some room for confusion, doubt and indecision. And to remind myself, I'm not alone. Yeah, in that experience, yeah, beautiful. Uh, feeling a bit directionless at the moment, and focusing on where I am right now. Yeah. So much wisdom, right? and beauty there, and honesty, in yeah, what people are bringing. we can just open the space and take all of that in different experiences, the different flavours the different intentions that people are sharing, bringing into the space and maybe we can take that now into our um, formal meditation practice yeah. 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 there's just one more that I'm going to read uncomfortable and uncertain about my path wanting to find space for this and a way to be with it yeah. and just such really beautiful heartfelt intentions and experiences and honesty and we can really take that into our practice together So let's find our posture if we're not already in our posture. Posture that will be supportive for us for this time. Doing what we need to do to settle into the posture, to adjust it so that the body is as stable, as steady, as supported as possible through the posture. Any feeling how awareness comes into the body as we do this attunes to the sense of the body as we perhaps adjust the posture and gently check in with a balance. With the uprightness, with the relaxation in the posture. Inviting the awareness, the attention more deeply, more fully into the body. Helpful, we can invite the awareness more deeply into the body and let it gather and collect the sensations of contact between the body and the seat, and the body and the ground. Feeling how the body rests into the support of seat of ground. Letting the awareness and the attention gather and collect with those sensations. And gently opening the awareness from the immediacy of the contact areas, letting it open, expand the sense of the whole body. A sense of the whole body sitting here, or if you're in a different posture lying or standing or walking here, and just opening to that sense of the gatheredness and rootedness beginning with the contact sensations and then opening whole body Present. An awareness filling up the whole space of the body. within this wide body awareness, whole body awareness just opening to our intention again and particularly opening to this intention of practice as an act of kindness of compassion and of care to ourselves and to the world Feeling, as we sit here, how supported we are by each other. By everyone else who's here this morning or whatever time it is for you right now in this moment. And also feeling how, as we turn up, as we show up, both to the session but also in each moment of attentiveness. As we're showing up, we're also supporting each other. So feeling that neutrality of support. moment, practice as an act of kindness, compassion and care, practice an act of support, feeling ourselves supportive of others and supporting each other. Honoring our own willingness and commitment to being here. Feeling the benefit of the commitment and willingness of others to be here. Letting that support us as we settle into our practice. With that intention there in the background, or if you wish, in the foreground, just open to our practice for this time. Yeah, choosing an object of meditation might be the breath, the body, or a metta, a compassion practice if you know them, whatever feels appropriate for you right now. or sound. Holding that sense of finding the object of our practice in that larger intention of kindness, compassion and care. That sense of the mutuality of support right here in this moment. Clarifying for yourself the object of practice, object of meditation, and then attending to it, letting the attention gently come to that object with the intention to stay close and intimate with it. It's the breath, receiving the breath in attention with kindness, compassion and care. Or if it's sound, same thing, receiving with that intentionality. Knowing as we practice the mind is likely to drift away we're acknowledging that possibility, that likelihood. Again, with that intention, if that happens, when that happens, just noticing with kindness, compassion, and care, bringing it back. Keeping in mind the support. Let's explore this in some silence for some time. Finding your own way to settle more fully into the practice. So noticing what's arising in your experience right now without judgement with curiosity and kindness noticing if you can bring a little bit more intentionality to how you're tending to the object of the practice if what you're finding is distractedness Getting too wound up about that, just noticing and acknowledging, letting the distractions be known in awareness, grounding in the body, opening again our intention for the practice this practice as an act of kindness, compassion and care in the world opening again to the sense of the mutual support right here in this moment how we're supported by each other and how we're supporting each other, how right now in this moment of practice, easeful or challenging, we are supported by the teachings and we're also supporting the ongoing availability of the teachings as we give our energy to their application. feeling that support, all that support and resting into it, letting it nourish our willingness to come back to the body, to come back to the object of our meditation, the breath or the sound. And to offer our attention, to give our attention over and over. And to remember that we're nourishing compassion and kindness in the world as we do this over and over. receiving the breath or the sound with compassion, interest and kindness. As we practice in this moment feeling ourselves being supported and feeling ourselves supporting and nourishing each other and the availability of these teachings in the world. This is possible in every moment. Every moment of attentiveness. Every moment of knowing our experience. And of gently Bringing our attention to the breath or the sound that we're attending to. Weaving this network of kindness, compassion, wisdom in our own heart and in the world. Remembering and strengthening our willingness to be present, to be kind, to be wise. for the last few minutes of the practice, really opening yourself to this sense of supporting and being supported, being part of this network of teachings of compassion and wisdom, of wise and appropriate action part of this network of goodness in the world and letting ourselves rest into that network as we practice for the last minute or two. moment or a few moments when the bell rings, seeing if we can keep that intention going or keep that sense of being part of a network of goodness going. to change your posture or open the eyes, just really taking your time with that. And as we do this, as we perhaps open our eyes and move the body, I just want to share a few reflections on dana practice before I uh, share the teachings for today. Um, as many of you know, these sessions are offered freely in the spirit of dana. Dana means freely given, freely offered, uh, without a fixed price, without an expectation, in order to really support all of us support all of us, support all of those who have come to these sessions over the more than two years that they've been offered. And um, There's the invitation to also offer our own support, which we're already doing, just by being here, just by joining uh, the sessions, but also, if you wish, to support financially uh, both Guy House for offering this space and uh, myself for the teachings. There's the possibility of doing that. So, I'm going to post two links into the chat. One is a Dana link um, for the Gaia House support page uh, where you can find all the information on how to support Gaia House. And the other is um, a link to an organization called Nova Ukraine. If you wish to offer any support to me, please uh, donate it directly to them for the work they're doing in Ukraine at the moment. So, the first one is actually Nova Ukraine and I'll put the Guy House link in as well in a moment. Yeah, there it is. And great. So I'd like to offer some, uh, just a second. Let's offer some reflections um, today, and um, like last week, it's actually reflections based on a sutta, based on a text. Um, and this sutta is, its its number is AN three point forty two, and in it there are some teachings from the Buddha about um, how to know, yeah, what are the fruits or what are the ways, the manifestations of confidence and faith in the world or in a practitioner. And so the Sutta begins with the words, um, there are three grounds, practitioners, by which a person with faith and confidence can be known. There are three grounds practitioners by which a person with faith and confidence can be known. So, faith and confidence here is a, a translation of the word SADA, S A D D H A. And uh, it particularly relates to the confidence in ourselves as walkers of the path. Yeah? So, SADA is the confidence in ourselves as practitioners and it's also uh, confidence and faith in the teachings. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's both of those. Yeah? Confidence in the teachings, confidence and faith in ourselves as walking the path and being able uh, to walk the path and in doing it well enough. <laughs> yeah. It's a very beautiful quality. And so according to this uh, sutta, there are three grounds by which a person with faith and confidence can be known. What three? And the Buddha's here teaching and he's saying, yeah, what three? How can we um, know a person of faith and confidence, including ourselves? Yeah, this is why it's valuable. What three? So the first one is, they like to see ethical people. Yeah, they like to see or they like to spend time with or they like to be around Or they like to listen to ethical people. Let's see a little bit, but what this means, Um, and I think we can reflect. Yeah, what what are ethical people? People who live um, with an aspiration uh, of non-harming, living life in a non-harmful way, and so we can reflect. On ourselves, what happens to us when we spend time with those who live a non-harmful life? What happens to us when we're around those who live a life uh, in which this is an important principle and aspiration? Uh, Those who live a non-harmful life as a practice, an exploration. So it's not necessarily, doesn't necessarily mean saints, <laughs> yeah, we don't need to just find saints to, to live around, yeah, but to, to kind of be in touch with those, to spend time with, to be interested in um, spending time with those who explore ethics, yeah, who explore the way our lives are interconnected, Another way we can say this, those who understand that their own well-being is connected with the well-being of others. And that acting harmfully towards our, ourselves, uh, um, sorry, acting harmfully towards others actually harms ourselves. Yeah. Does this make sense to people? Yeah. And so really keeping the sense of, this is an inquiry and, and exploration, so if we can find some saints to hang out with, that's great. <laughs> but there's equal value, yeah, you know, not just of saints, but also of those who are taking this on, yeah, as an exploration, as a, uh, a value, as an inquiry. Yeah. Both of seeing, you know, yes, by being alive, yeah, there, there, there is a harm that we can cause, that we do cause, just by being alive, actually but then of kind of being really clear about, okay, I want to inquire, I want to look, I want to see, yeah, I want to stay open, I want to stay in touch with this. So I want to give a couple of examples. Just Yesterday I was visiting um, a good friend in, in Palestine and, um, you know, hanging out, and, uh, and he had another friend visiting him that I was meeting for the first time. Yeah. Uh, and so we were sitting chatting. Uh, they were doing their best to poison me with cigarette smoke. Uh, as you see, they didn't quite succeed. Just joking. <laughs> that wasn't their intention. <laughs> but sometimes, yeah, we have to, to kind of agree, yeah, to, to be with people, uh, with those who live an ethical life, uh, even if it means yeah, being exposed to cigarettes. Anyway at some point so one of them I've known well for a really long time the other is a, someone new just meeting for the, for the first time and she's actually a new friend of his as well they've only known each other for about six weeks yeah, so it's kind of a new person and at some point she turns to us uh, so that, well, there's four of us there two Israelis, two Palestinians and she turns to us and she says uh, she says you know when, when I met him, yeah, when I met this friend, uh, and we started talking about our lives, we realized we share something really important. Yeah. We share something really important. And she says, we've both succeeded in raising our children well. Yeah, she, he has five kids. She has uh, six or seven. Yeah. We've both, I can't remember. She knew. I, I can't remember. She knew how many she had. Um, she says, we both succeeded in raising our children well. And she says, What do I mean by that? We've succeeded in raising our children well because they all understand that what matters is not somebody's religion and not someone's nationality yeah, and not where someone lives. What matters is their humanity, yeah, that they're human beings. And she said this is something we share we've both succeeded in raising our children well because when i talk to his children this is what their understanding is that what matters is the humanity the humanness and so i don't know how this is meeting you (laughs) but for me you know this is part of why i go to palestine (laughs) Because this is what I meet, you know. And here's the sense of, you know, seeing ethical people, yeah. Spending time with people who have this kind of understanding of what really matters. And not only do they have this understanding, they're able to convey it to others, including their own children, including in very difficult circumstances, yeah. So we all know this in our experience. And I think we also know why this is helpful for us. Why is it helpful to see, to listen, to come together uh, with those um, who prioritize this, who are interested in this, who create an atmosphere of ethics of non-harming. And this is important because as we do this, we shape the world we are in. Yeah, we shape the world of our experience, yeah, both for ourselves and for others. Right? Because, of course, I think you know, it, we would find it, I imagine all of us or most of us here, difficult to argue with this, that what matters yeah, when we meet another being, and we can say this about human beings and we can extend it to more beings, yeah, what matters about them is that they are here, that they are alive and that they wish to live in safety yeah, and in happiness. So when we come together with others who bring this to light, bring this to life, we are shaping the world we are in. Yeah? We're shaping the world we are in. Yeah? And it provides reminders and it provides inspiration. Yeah? And it widens possibilities and opportunities for us yeah. and we're doing this for ourselves and we're doing this for others right? so I went to meet these friends <laughs> who live an ethical life and then I've come here and through that experience I'm sharing that with you yeah. and hopefully that continues to ripple and provides reminders it provides inspiration it widens possibilities and opportunities when we left um that friend's house um we went on you know the real reason we go to Palestine is it's the best there's the best falafel in the village that we go to the absolute best falafel you've ever had and I've I've tried many um anyway we went to have our, our falafel sandwiches it's the end of Ramadan so it's it's possible to do and um We were sitting on the sidewalk outside the falafel shop, two Israeli women sitting on the sidewalk outside a falafel shop, eating our falafel sandwiches in a Palestinian village surrounded by children um, that have never met us before. Yeah, new children. Where are you from? Yeah, Tel Aviv. Welcome. Yeah, welcome. And I I was saying to my friend, the friend that I was with, I was saying, you know, I just so wish I could take every Israeli... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to come and sit here with us on this sidewalk eating falafel surrounded by children yeah. because that experience yeah, of being completely safe yeah, in a place where the condition the conditioning says something else yeah, so it provides reminders yeah, when we go to see when we open our eyes yeah, when we open our ears to see those who live an ethical life, yeah. It provides reminders to ourselves, it provides inspiration, it changes the world that we are in, yeah. It brings more confidence when we talk to others of these experiences, yeah. It's not just something I think, it's something I know, yeah. So one ground from which we can tell, yeah, A person who has confidence and faith in themselves on the path and in the path itself is that they like to see ethical people. The second ground is that they like to hear the teachings. So there you go. We can end the session now and we can all go home because now you know (laughs) that you're a person of confidence and faith because you've chosen to be here on a Sunday morning because you hopefully like to hear the teachings <laughs> because that's the part we're in yeah. hearing the teachings, immersing in the teachings and again such a beautiful reminder how we treat our mind and heart impacts us yeah. what we open them to yeah. and when we say teachings here of course we can expand not just to classical Dharma teachings but to everything that is beautiful and inspires us yeah, and deepens our understanding and our wisdom deepens our compassion yeah. so how we treat our mind and heart has an impact what we put in it yeah. how we engage it what we use it for yeah, the heart and mind it impacts us yeah. when we listen to the teachings yeah in this wider sense that I'm speaking of um, it shapes the present moment Right? shapes the present moment but it also shapes our experience over time because we can remember these teachings they become a part of us in how we relate, and how we respond yeah, to what arises in our lives so the teachings infuse our lives yeah, and the ways of relating that they support ways of relating that we cultivate through the understanding, through the listening, through the questioning, through the exploration of the teachings, these ways of relating become more accessible for us. More accessible for us. They arise kind of more um, immediately and spontaneously. Because we've listened, because we've reflected, because we've inquired, just like with the ethics, with the sila. This is also an inquiry. It's not just a listening in order to memorize. Yeah? It's not just a listening in order to um, take on teachings as absolute truths. It's an invitation to inquire, to practice, to explore for us. So that's the second ground by which we can know a person of faith or confidence. The first, they like to see ethical people. The second, they like to listen to the teachings. And here's the third. It's a little bit more detailed. They live life rid of the stain of stinginess, freely generous, open-handed, loving to let go, committed to charity, loving to give and to share they live life rid of the stain of stinginess freely generous open-handed loving to let go committed to charity loving to give and to share and so there's a lot more detail here but i think what we can say this points to is that kind of the action yeah the actively putting the teachings into practice actively putting the teachings into practice and here particularly focusing on dhana it's not the only way yeah on on giving it's not the only way it's just we always have to remember with the suttas a particular sutta was given the teaching was offered in a particular set of conditions and so there will be certain emphasis yeah i will do thank you i'll do it in a second if i don't do it at the end of the talk then please remind me again um So actively putting the teachings into practice in this particular sutta, for whatever reason, the emphasis on dhana, which was one of the things the Buddha liked to to emphasize. Um, But it's not necessarily that this is the only way of putting the teachings into practice or embodying them. And of course, as we know, dhana is a great practice. And it can be really, as it's described here, an embodiment of faith. Yeah in the teachings and an embodiment of confidence yeah, that we will have enough, yeah, that we will have enough. Um, it's also an embodiment of wisdom, Yeah, the joy that comes in letting go and in sharing. And The language here is really beautiful. Loving to let go, <laughs> yeah, loving to let go. Yeah. It's not just, I know, we we let go because we know it's good for us. (laughs) But actually loving to let go, enjoying that sense of the sharing and of the letting go and seeing... um, the, wi- the wisdom coming in, yeah, the joy that comes in letting go and in sharing. And also the understanding that that letting go, yeah, that's an embodiment of wisdom. And as we let go of this, yeah, of, of this sharing that brings so much joy, that teaches us about other forms of letting go as well. Yeah, letting go of, of other things that we hold on to. Yeah, because we understand as we practice it that there's joy that comes in that sharing, in that kind of letting go of the grasping. The wisdom um, that recognizes the ease, the well-being that arises when we know that we're also caring for others, not just for ourselves. Yeah. That we know we're also caring for others, not only to ourselves. Yeah. Loving to give and to share. Yeah. Committed to giving loving to give and to share because we know the, the good that it does out there and we also know the good that it does in here yeah, and that ease that arises when we know we are sharing we are caring for others also not just for our sh- ourselves and that movement of sharing what we have bringing well-being um, you know, everywhere, spreading it everywhere and the sense of expansiveness that can come with it yeah, rather than the sense of lack and constriction yeah, when we're holding on to something. Yeah. Baba Amte, the founder um, of the leprosy community that I spent a lot of time in, and, and a person that I consider one of my most significant teachers, he used to say, happiness dies when it's not shared. <laughs> so that's quite a statement. Yeah, It's just like if we think we can hold on to any form of goodness and constrict it, we're actually killing it. It's actually the opening yeah, and the sharing of it uh, that brings a sense of expansiveness yeah, and opens us up beyond the, the habitual lack, a uh, sense of lack and of constriction. And of course, we're not, I hope it's clear, we're not just talking about material dana here, not at all. Yeah, we're not just talking about material generosity, material giving. Yeah. But actually, we're talking about the support of what is wholesome in the world uh, giving our attention yeah, giving our time yeah, those kind of resources that we have yeah, giving our care and hopefully we can see how this relates also to the practice that we're doing, just opening to the fact that as we're practicing we're being supported, supported we're recipients of generosity and we're also offering support yeah, at the same time So there's a real sense of that mutuality, that flow. Um, But that movement of generosity in the world, of not holding on to things, but actually um, that support for the wholesome, for the goodness uh, in the world that we can open to, and that becomes a wonderful resource for us as well as a resource for others. So this is a pretty short sutta, so we've we've covered most of it and at the end uh, the Buddha just repeats and he says again these are the three grounds by which a person with faith and confidence can be known they like to see ethical people they want to hear the teachings they've driven out the stain of stinginess that is who is called a person of faith that is who is called a person of faith. So I'm just going to put, I don't have the name of the sutta, I didn't note it down, but I'm just going to put the the number in the chat, and then we will open to comments and questions. So there we are. That's the the name, and and I think you know maybe just to to close, um, but yeah, there's quite a lot there. It's it sometimes these short sutras are quite profound, um, and I think also quite amazing how much such an old text, you know, two thousand six hundred years old, how much how relevant it is to our lives, yeah, in kind of directing us to. Um, actually, the sources of faith and confidence, and of happiness, uh, to us. Yeah. So removing the, I see there's a question there already. Removing the stain of stinginess. It's um, stinginess is that closed handedness, the the lack of generosity. And so here he's using he's really using an image of that being like a stain. And we can say a stain on our confidence and a stain of our, on our well being and happiness if we're holding back um, and, and not opening to, to the sense of sharing, that sense of mutuality, that sense of the goodness that comes into our own lives and into the world um, when we open to that movement of giving and receiving. Yeah, when we're open to that movement of giving and receiving. So um, I, th- I hope that, yeah, okay, great, that response. Yeah. So we have some time for questions or responses, reflections um, on on the teachings today and the practice today. Um, or if there's any other questions regarding your practice, they're also really welcome. And you can either um, put your question into the chat if you prefer, or you can unmute and ask. Um, in your own voice, and that we're all equally welcome. Yeah. So let's see if anything arises for anyone. All questions, responses, comments, arguments are welcome. How does this relate to our lives? Hmm. Could I be stingy with compassion? Yes, wonderful. Do you want to say a little bit more about that question? What would it mean to be stingy with sting, stingy, stingy I never know how to pronounce that word with compassion. What would it mean to hold back? It would be good to have an example. Is it is it possible to do that? Yes, it is. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's here. Okay, maybe you can just say a little bit more about what you meant with the question. That would be helpful. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, you are. You are. Yeah. Wonderful. That's a really, really, um, I think, really beautiful and important question. Uh, and as you were kind of opening it out to us, you know, it's got a lot of different threads to it. So sometimes there can be a sense of um, being compassionate is exhausting. Yeah, it takes it's draining, it's taken all my energies, and then I need to hold back on it, perhaps. Um, So the wonderful thing about compassion is that it goes in all directions, and I would say, in that situation that you're describing, the place to bring compassion is yourself, right? So there can be a sense of, oh, it always needs to go towards others, but it can also go towards oneself and say, now I need some rest, And so you're not actually um, holding back on the compassion. You're just directing it wisely. There's more of seeing it as something that's fluid and and it depends where where we direct it. Um, There's also something about compassion. It's such a fruitful, rich area. Um, But there's something with it um, that we often feel like we get quite a narrow... A definition of what compassion looks like or what it should look like yeah so we could say um, being compassionate would mean doing this say giving a lot of attention to somebody yeah. uh, whenever they needed it yeah and um, and then if that's not um, in balance with a sense of our own resources, that could lead to, to overwhelm. Um, so, so in in the teachings, the compassion and wisdom really work together, and there's also a wisdom element in the compassion, of uh, discernment, of noticing what are the resources, what's available, and also opening up more possibilities. So we could still be compassionate and say, "I'm sorry, but I haven't got time." yeah or I haven't got the resources right now, or I need to rest, and we could still say that with compassion, often because we feel that it's wrong to do that, then it actually then comes out also without compassion. yeah it, it's an interesting uh, vibe that that we can have. Um, so noticing no, we can be compassionate, but you know, just had these um conversations with. Somebody who I'm very close to, who's a doctor, and he is now at a point where he is—I mean, he's been at this point for years, but it's—it's it's getting really acute. Um, where he is getting—he's probably already burnt out, yeah. But he's getting close to the point of burnout where he—he—he—you know—he won't be able to function. And he said, you know, we were talking, and he said, you know, the problem is that I keep taking on new patients because I—I I find it really hard to turn people away yeah and this is like an extreme example of what we're talking about you know and i said to him but can you see that you need to turn patients away otherwise you're not going to be able to look after the patients you have already yeah so even as an act of compassion to them you need to look after yourself and you, and there will always be those that we need to turn away. I think this is also the wisdom that comes in and says we, we are not able, you know, if we just use that simple example, yeah, he is not going to be able to take on all the patients that ask for his help. It's not going to be possible, yeah, because there will always be more. So at some point, he will need to turn them away. He will need to turn some people away. And that's the discernment. And that's why the compassion towards ourselves is so important. Yeah. That we can see that Yeah, and understand, okay, it's compassion to myself. But actually, the wisdom comes and says, it's not just compassion to myself. It's compassion to myself so that I can act wisely, so that I continue to give to others. And so we see this wave of neutrality just like we were doing now with the support we come here we're being supported and we're also supporting both those things are true and so we bring compassion to others and we're also bringing compassion to ourselves um, and that has to be a um, a, a system that's that's well nourished yeah so we bring that in and it's very hard to do but it's essential that we do that and we have that understanding. So sometimes we can say no to someone with compassion. Uh, The last, I think this is the last thread you brought in. There were quite a few juicy ones there. So I'm I'm sorry if I forgot any and you can um, remind me. The last one that, that you mentioned was sometimes there's just not a sense of compassion arising towards somebody. In the first place, I mean, it might be because of an ongoing relationship and we've just gotten completely drained or it may be it's somebody for whom we just don't feel compassion for whatever reason for because of their actions because they remind us of someone in our past who knows why it just doesn't arise Uh, and then what do we do with that yeah so i would say that's a place to notice and to pay attention to Uh, we're not going to be able to force compassion right Uh, so we need to to act skillfully again bringing compassion to oneself here extremely helpful yeah Mm -hmm. noticing what it feels like there is that wish to have compassion part of it is a very genuine beautiful wish that comes through us and then the painfulness of the heart seemingly uh, remaining closed so there's really somewhere there to bring compassion to work with that to hold that uh, in compassion and then to open to possibilities when enough of that has been done to open to possibilities um, of what compassion could look like in that situation and to remember that we can also bring compassion towards somebody or towards situations uh, not always in the way that we define it needing to be so it may be from a distance yeah if that you know, if we know that in contact we just get triggered and the other, the opposite of compassion comes up, then again, the compassionate thing to do for both people would not be to put ourselves in that situation because what might come up is the opposite. And And always with all these things, we don't take them as final destinations. We are works in progress. So we recognize this is where I am right now. <laughs> this is where, this is what's going on right now and I need to work skillfully with this. I don't give up on the aspiration, yeah, to, to hold everybody with compassion, not only in my heart and mind, but also in you know, in communication, yeah? We don't give up on that aspiration, but we don't push ourselves to be somewhere that we're not because that will just uh, bring the opposite um, uh, forward. And, and, and also, yeah, remembering there's a lot of possibilities for compassion, more than we often kind of remember that there are. I'll just give an example from a session I taught, I think on Friday. And someone said, you know, we were doing a practice and I was encouraging them to open to sound and she could hear planes going over her, you know, and then she found, you know, for being very sensitive to the climate emergency, found, you know, that the heart immediately closed at the sound of the planes and the sense of people flying and causing damage. Uh, and she was really wanting to have compassion, but she couldn't. And so the the thing I offered, which worked for her, might not work for all of us, was to say, what about compassion for ignorance? You know, saying, ah, some of the states of mind that are causing damage and harm, yeah, or all of them actually, in our world are based in ignorance and what if we bring compassion to the ignorance that doesn't mean that we don't act to bring change of course but we can open to have compassionate, compassion to the ignorance because we also know it ourselves we also act out of ignorance yeah and so we can bring that in as a possibility so there's a lot of possibilities for compassion um, and I think this can be really helpful for us to remember not just with compassion it's just a very very good example that Uh, just to kind of open to imagine and to think and to reflect what other possibilities are there for me um, so that I don't just get into a sense of of I'm not managing to do this and therefore there's something wrong with me or with my practice. So that was an extremely long answer, um, but hopefully it had some use uh, for you. Thank you. yeah and as i think there's a question what's the difference between compassion and generosity is generosity active compassion i find i find i can tell myself i'm compassionate but struggle to be generous to give something of myself away yes wonderful question thank you um and it sounds like you've already you've already kind of doing quite a fruitful uh, exploration there yourself of exploring that relationship um, between compassion and generosity. A lot of the wholesome, beautiful uh, qualities and attitudes that uh, Dharma teachings and actually all spiritual teachings talk about. I mean, we have a wonderful example here, <laughs> compassion and generosity. Find me the spiritual tradition that doesn't say these two are beautiful uh, and important qualities to, to cultivate. Um, a lot of these, um, they're very common to different spiritual traditions and they're very interrelated, very interconnected. Um, gratitude is another one that comes in Yeah, with these two um, With compassion and generosity. Um, So obviously, you know, in compassion, there is, and in in compassion that is active, right, Uh, there is also generosity, right? Because there's, you know, when compassion is active, when we say something, when we do something to alleviate suffering uh, in the world, uh, there's generosity woven into that, right? And in some acts of generosity, there will be also compassion. Right. The recognition, even that recognition, which I've spoken about is wisdom of um, seeing uh, that uh, what we that that um, generosity uh, makes us happy. (laughs) That act of wisdom, we can also say that's also there's also compassion there. Right. Uh, Seeing that uh, there's this mutuality between us that actually we're sharing things rather than owning them. Yeah. and we see that that both motivates uh, generosity but it also is uh, motivates compassion right and is, is is leaning and supported by um by compassion and I think that sense of you know agreeing to see yourself as compassionate that that is doable but then finding it quite difficult uh, and, and the language that changed I think that's Interesting. I can tell myself I'm compassion, compassionate, but I struggle to be generous to give something of myself away. That's interesting uh, to see that change in the language there, Um, and I think it's something to explore um, for you. You know, to see what is it. Are there certain things where it's easier for me to be generous? Um, What happens if I reflect on compassion, and then what kind of movement of generosity comes through me? Um, can i see generosity also as an act of compassion towards myself not just towards others that can also be interesting um and and you know it's interesting to see for some of us it's easier to give resources yeah And maybe it's easier to give financial resources than the resources of time of or of attention yeah it's just interesting to see to get to know us yeah For some of us, we completely disregard aspects of ourselves that are generous, you know, that we practice, that we um, smile at people, that we say thank you. Maybe that um, that we've made it a practice to ask forgiveness or to apologize. You know, there's so many things that we might be doing and that we just don't classify as something. And so that can be really worthwhile to explore, yeah, I struggle to give something of myself away, but where where do I not struggle? Is there an area where I don't struggle? What is that, and can I kind of stay with that, be with that, see the goodness in that? Because that's really important. Open to that. So, kind of be generous towards my own generosity or lack of it, <laughs> yeah. and see what that does. So, again, it's a it's a place where the generosity and the compassion come together. Yeah. So hopefully Sarah that's that's helpful. I don't know if you wanna say anything more to to that question and to the response or not. Hmm. Absolutely and And I think just you naming that so beautiful, you know, because there is no uh, you know could we actually say that giving money is more important than making someone feel comfortable and at ease? You know, like, I I, I just can't put that value on it. And I think we, we, our societies do, and uh, some of our conditioning does, but it's really important that we see through that. And we open to our own, the places where we are generous and where that flows Uh, out of us and and we feel that and we honor that and we appreciate that Um, because then we're also nourishing the generosity in ourselves and in the world and as you say we're going against the 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 conditioning of our minds to see why we're not okay Um, but doing that is an act of generosity in itself right (laughs) and of compassion so yeah very beautiful thank you Yeah, wonderful. So I just want to see if there's anything else from anyone. Yeah, there, there is. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks, James. Yeah, struggling with compassion for those who suffer and complain but make no effort to change their circumstances. Yeah, it's, it's a real interesting one. Yeah, and I think, you know, that's a place, an edge that you know potentially many of us experience um and again opening to what compassion could mean in that in that in that environment and I think you know for me when I when I read you um I think yes that sense of what I get is a sense of people being trapped yeah they're trapped in something and and I can feel compassion for that yeah yeah so the trap that being trapped in, in perhaps a sense of helplessness or of not so seeing the possibilities or of the habit of or the energy going into the complaint and then no energy being available for for seeing possibilities. You know, we can see that and and just having that, that kind of interest that I'm hearing in your question of just how can I reframe? How can I look at it in a different way? and sometimes um i think also we can see we can notice what happens in me because often the frustration of you know ah there's no nothing is being done by the other person part of that is a sense of then it puts more more weight on me yeah that it's more is being asked from me yeah to hold this or to fix it or whatever it is and and just to see that and again then the compassion to ourselves which can then help the mo- movement of generosity of just holding the generosity being just holding the other in compassion we don't need to take on yeah because we also know change isn't going to come when there isn't the internal motivation but just having that sense ah that's this something someone here who's really trapped in in their own conditioning And again, that's something we also know for ourselves because we all have places where we're trapped in that. So we can bring that in as well. Wonderful. Thank you for bringing that. Yeah, very, very, yeah. And thanks for the the generosity of the questions. Zoe, so you turned your camera on, and I don't know if it's because you want to ask something or just to give us the treat of your beautiful face. Okay, well, thank you for that. Okay, so yeah, thank you everyone for your questions, your practice, your listening, um, your exploration. This is really, as we've as we've seen in the in the questions and reflections, is very very. Um, juicy, fruitful areas to explore for ourselves. and um, Yeah, thank you for all you're doing with that. Uh, I think I'll be back in a couple of weeks. So, lovely to be here with you and go well until then. Take care. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit